You are listening to Their Story Outdoor Podcast, where you will hear stories about people's experiences in the outdoor world. Some stories are about pursuing wildlife, and some are about being part of the outdoor industry. Either way, I hope you learn something to help you with your story. Today's episode is brought to you by HB Seed Company. For all of your food plot needs, it's all about fresh seed. Find HB Seed Company on the web at www.hornybuckseed.com. Welcome to episode two of Their Story Outdoors. On today's episode, we'll be talking with Art Helen. Art is the owner of Wildlife Reflection Photography, and Art's going to talk to us about how he got into photography, his education background, and some of the areas throughout the United States that Art has taken photography in. So sit back and enjoy. I think you'll find this episode very exciting. Art, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing fine. We're in uh, rainy Dodgeville. We just had a heck of a thunderstorm roll through, but we'll get through it and we'll get on to the podcast. Art, can you give me some background on yourself? Oh, yeah. I, uh, well, born and raised in Dodgeville. Been 1970 to not to age myself, but you know, it's uh. So I was. I've been here my whole life, and. Um, you know, I grew up here in a small town, and uh, to get into the outdoors was something interesting because my uh, grandmother actually, um, you know, to get into the to the photo end was more my grandmother um, would pick me up from Catholic school. I went to St. Joe's Catholic School here uh, through eighth grade, and she would pick me up after school would get over and she would take me out to governor dodge state park and drive me around she would sit in her car and read and let me go down to the lake and fish or go down to the lake and you know walk around and look at all the animals and so we'd drive around look for deer and look for turkeys because back then you know turkeys really were non-existent just starting to show up here and uh i showed some interest in, in doing some photography stuff so my grandma actually is the one she got me uh, my first camera and got me into 4-H classes, and uh, you know that kind of got me the whole start to the um, photography end of things and, and how that all became. Sure. Um, how much change have you seen uh, in the industry from then till now? <laughs> it's an absolute crazy, crazy... Uh, change you know back then it was you go out and you knew your camera well you thought you knew your camera and you know you'd have to buy either you were shooting a 110 or you went from a 110 up to a whole whopping 35 millimeter (laughs) you know when when that first came out wow this is awesome (laughs) and um it was interesting because i remember my first camera was a mamiya and the lens when you would take the lens, it actually had a circle um, with a line through it. And to get it into focus, when you focus that, both of those would focus on both sides of the line within that circle. Okay. So one side would be out of focus and one would, so you had to match those up. And uh, 
And you were hoping that that was right because you only had, you know, if you had a 35 millimeter camera, you only had either a 24 exposure or 36 exposure. So you would take all these pictures and, you know, back then it was like one frame a second if you were lucky and uh, you would take that picture and then you would come back, develop them and hope that, you know, you had one right, you know, and today if you look at it, um, you know, we go to a 10 to 15% rule is that we hope that 10 to 15% of all images taken are good images. Sure. And it's, and the technology, you know, to go back to that is so much different now. Um, you know, one of my cameras that I've just purchased is a mirrorless camera and that technology has come a long ways. When they first came out, I wouldn't touch them. Now I'm looking at these mirrorless and, you know, we're running, I'm running a EOS, uh, five mirrorless R5, um, which is Canon's one of the top of the line right now. And you can run an electronic shutter in that. So it's a silent shutter. So it makes no noise whatsoever, but you can shoot 20 frames a second with that. Wow. And so it's, it's a whole, a whole different ball game. So yeah, technology is crazy today from what it was. Sure. Explain that mirrorless to us a little bit. Uh, what do we have? Like a crop sensor camera and then the mirrorless? Is that, are those no, the there's, so they've all got, so if you look at even mirrored cameras, so there's a, if you actually take the lens off and look in there, there's a mirror in there. Okay. And that's, that's the reflection that it gets to go into the camera to actually um, transfer your photo or what you're seeing in there where a mirrorless has no mirror whatsoever in there. So it can be faster. It can be quieter. Um, but technology, so the, the shutter in there doesn't actually flip a mirror. It's just that there's no mirror in there to flip. Okay. It's just right to the technology. Sure. Um, but there's a crop sensor camera and a full frame. Okay. Crop sensor cameras automatically, and that's what a lot of people buy because they are a lot less expensive to get into. They're still expensive today, but they're a lot less expensive. And when you get a crop sensor camera, like a Canon runs a 1.4 or 1.6, excuse me, magnification. So no matter what your lens is, it's going to run a 1.6. Okay. But they take different lenses. Okay. So a full frame camera will run what you see through there is what you get. Okay. When you bring that back, if you take a full frame lens and put that on a crop sensor camera, a lot of times all you'll get is a little, like a um, round ball is all you'll see in sure, that lens. Yeah, yeah. That's very hard on that camera. So you don't want to run those. You want to make sure that um, you're running like a um, C lens on there, which is your crop sensor lenses, so that they're all compatible. But there's, in the high-end cameras, like that new R, that actually has a built-in crop sensor where you can run full frame, but you can then switch that internally to a crop sensor camera okay. to 1.6. However, you lose quality. You don't lose I shouldn't say that. You don't lose quality of the actual image. You lose uh, megapixels. So, so it's a bigger megapixel instead of... So like the camera I'm running is 
approximately 40 megapixel camera in full frame. You're going to cut that in half or just a little over half by running it to the crop sensor. Okay. However, you look at a lot of the old full frame mirrored cameras and they only ran 20 to 21 megapixels anyway. So at a crop sensor, you're almost getting that same image quality running a crop sensor in these new mirrorless high-end cameras. Okay, sure. So, so did you, uh, I think I remember talking to you that you said you actually went to college for photography. I actually went to college when I went, I actually went to college to play football. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, my parents were like, I really don't care why you're going to college. <laughs> you're going. As long as, long as, you know, you're going and, uh, and it was actually a good thing because you had to keep a certain grade point to be eligible to play football. And so it, it was, that was a good thing. But I actually went um, for advertisement marketing, business management, and then I was an art minor with photography. And then uh, I, so I did that. And then when I first got out of school, I, um, Later on, when I got into the hunting business, which we'll talk about later, uh, I actually switched over to a lot of video work and um, worked with a couple TV shows doing the video work. It kind of, I, I don't want to say got burned out, but somewhat got burned out by by that. Um, and again, <laughs> to, to get to that later on a different podcast, but right. the uh, I then... Um, got back to my roots and went back to the photography end of it. And with all the technology changes and everything going from back then to all of a sudden going to a crop sensor, you know, one of the higher end crop sensors, like a 70 D that Canon had, you start looking at that and all of a sudden you're like, wow, everything's changed. You know, technology's changed because I remember you'd run a 1600 ISO and you're like, you know, this is crazy. Now, you know, you're at 20,000, 30,000 <laughs> ISOs. The problem is getting noise in them. So how do you sure. get rid of the noise and what do you do? So um, I went back through a two-year accredited. It's the only online accredited program for photography right now. Okay. Um, and so I went through. It's a two-year course, and uh, it was actually a lot lot tougher course than what I thought it would be And uh, sure. because you have to submit all your photography work, you have to talk to your professors all the time. It's and um and they're pretty brutal. I mean, they can be pretty brutal yeah, in what they I see bet. and what they do. And um, you know, some people are like, well, can't you just send them the photo and lie about no, because <laughs> today's technology it embeds stamped right in the photo. All that it? right yeah. into the photo. So they can look at it and see what you actually shot that at, what your F stops are, what your ISOs are. Uh, you know, everything right down the line. And uh, so when they tell you you have to do it a certain way, you have to do it a certain way and make that right. shot work. And uh, so it, it took, you know, I mean, it, like I said, it took two years. It was a two-year course. And uh, so I went back to school to learn all the new ins and outs and technology. And so then I did a two-year um, photography, uh, professional photography class and went through that graduated from that and uh worked my way through to uh you know getting the uh professional end of it done and um 
now just uh, do what I can with a lot of different different ends of the photography business. Sure. So when did you actually uh, break into the outdoor industry taking photos? I've seen some of your the, the photos that you're taking, and they're just they're unbelievable. You know, back years and years ago, I did um, when I first got out of the video and then started getting back into it. Um, True Fire uh, releases. I was working with them way back in the day and uh, did their entire catalog for them. So my photos were partially product photos, and then it was all either wildlife, landscape things for their catalog. So I, I did that. So that would have been, boy, probably, I'm going to say late. 2008 2009 okay i probably would have started really getting back into that and then um slowly you know every year it's it's different you know with being in the outdoor industry is what companies are looking for what and uh you know so i've had some companies you know will buy them for advertising in magazines or advertising in you know cabela's bass pros different stores uh cover shots on magazines i've had a lot of different cover shots i've had a lot of different things throughout magazines or when people get a hold of me that are writing articles uh on me or on somebody else that are looking for those they'll contact me and say hey do you have a shot of this or um a lot of social media work i do for the companies as far as as far as photos i'm That's one thing I need to personally work on is my social media skills. <laughs> I think we all do. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, it, you know, so I do a lot of work for a lot of the different companies that I work for in the outdoor industry, doing lifestyle photos, um, wildlife photos, just different things for sure. them. Where's one of the your most favorite spots that you've shot wildlife photography at? Oh, boy. I'm going to test you here now, right? <laughs> There's too many. There are. It's, uh, you know, I've been fortunate because this business has taken me all over the world, um, you know, and and I'm fortunate enough to say that uh, here in a couple of weeks, I'm actually going to Alaska, and that'll be number 50. And then I'll be to all wow. the states. You know, I've been to pretty much every province in Canada. Um so yeah, I, I've been fortunate to travel and travel the country and do things. And Yellowstone is neat as a as a park, but probably still that's hard because there's, Utah is such a beautiful state. Wyoming, sure. Colorado, they all have something different in them. Okay, but I still have to say the Banff Jasper area in Canada that yeah. that is um, it has a, as a photographer. It has everything and then some. I mean, it's got your glaciers. It's got your wildlife. It has um, your scenic beauty. It, you know, so it's got your landscape stuff. It's got your waterfalls, your rivers. Your, it's you could spend so much time up there, and you know, I've probably shot over the three or four times I've been there, but the two that I've been there just basically to do photos, you know, I probably shot uh, somewhere five to 7,000 images when I was up there. Wow. And, uh, 
And I still look back on some of them and go, man, because when you have that many to edit and look through, there are some that you just miss. Right. Because you're like, Ugh. and so two years later you go through and you're like, wow, how did I miss this one? This one's really cool. Yeah. And and then you go through and and you know with the editing thing, um, to kind of touch base on how things have changed over the years again, um, editing to me, I, I'm not a big Photoshop person. I'm not, you know, I, I do some stuff in Lightroom. Um, if the colors are something that are off just a little bit, there's, you know, there's always just a little bit of touch up, but that's one of the big reasons I went back to school. Um, because there, there's a time and a place for Photoshop There, there is, but I think that you really need to know your camera and your camera settings inside and out. And you need to learn how to run a camera on manual. Because if you don't, um, Photoshop is a Band-Aid. And right. I know I'm going to make some people upset yeah. by saying that. No, but I agree. To me, it's it's a Band-Aid. Yeah. I mean, but it's also kind of cool because you can do some really neat things with sure. it. Sure. Um, and that's just not my style. My style is that's a while that this is what I want. That's what he looks like or she looks like in nature. And yeah. that's what that landscape looks like. I don't need to make it something it isn't. Correct. Um, and, and again, that's my style though. Yeah. Hey, that brings up another question. I hear a lot of times photographers say, it took me forever to get this shot. <laughs> <laughs> Explain that to us a little bit. Well, you know, that, that comes back to a couple, a couple things that, my wife and I laugh about all the time um, because, you know, people say, well, what do you want? Why are you charging so much for that picture? What's so special about that picture? What's, you know, or, man, you must have a really good camera. <laughs> you know, that one just cracks me up yeah. all the time. Man, I, your camera, okay, go buy it. You know, see if you can do, you better know your settings. You better be in the right place. You better be, I mean, there's times that I have literally spent um, you know, like this last weekend, I was up at a friend's place. I do photo work for, um, a place called wilderness reserve. It's a high fence, but it's 10 miles with inside a high fence. I mean, it's wow, huge. That's, that's big. I spent two days up there and literally got 15 good pictures because you just you don't see the animal. I mean, there's only one road through this. You got to remember that's okay. ten miles, ten miles long, and it's like six, seven miles wide. So it's not like a twenty acre pen. I mean, this is it's big, but there's trips and trips and trips. I'll be going back up there because I need to finish photos for these guys for their calendars for their for different things that they do. Um, so it's multiple trips. You know, it's it's like bears. I've got one or two photos of bears. I mean, I got a lot of photos of bears, but one or two that are just stellar. Sure. And the you hear people, man, that is just such an awesome picture. Yeah, it took me four years, <laughs> 30 trips. Right. And, you know, I sat for probably – when when you look at that, I would make every year during that bear season to go up and try to get photos, I would put up a blind, and I would literally sit in that blind from noon until dark 
for five, six days in a row every year and then come home for a few days, go back up, do it again. And, you know, you might do that for four or five years. You may have 200 hours for that one shot. And then there's other times you might get lucky and it might take you an hour and you get it and you go, wow, this is amazing. (laughs) But there's a lot of times it isn't. I mean, there's countless miles driven, countless hours sitting in a blind. Um, And that's what truly, you know, people are, when, when you're charging people for photos on websites and different things, it's not just that photo it's the mileage it's the camera equipment it's the schooling that you went through it's the cost of school it's the editing softwares it's everything that's there in your time i mean if if i looked at it and said okay this picture i'm selling for 200 dollars," and i looked and i actually went back and said (laughs) okay this picture here it took me this I'm probably paying you to take that picture at two hundred dollars, <laughs> right? You know, right. For if if you figured out per hour, sure. Um, so yeah, when when we're talking about, you know, it took forever. Literally, I mean, there's we're still chasing. Um, there's a couple animals that I'm still chasing for that one perfect shot, and I've chased them for years, okay. and it just. One of these days, it's going to happen. But I, I'm I'm chasing. You right, know, it's and, all going to come together. And I'm hoping, you know, this Alaska trip. Going to do a lot of photo work up there. I'm hoping that you know, chasing that dream. Uh, maybe I'll get it. But sure. if not, you sure. you try it again later. You know, that's all you can do. Art, do you have one photo that really means a lot to you that you've taken? I mean, like. Everything came together. You worked really hard to get it. Do you have one favorite picture? Wow, that's pretty tough. Um, probably of each animal um, that I really have or um, landscape something, there's, there's one photo that out of all the hundreds of thousands of images over the years of each one of those, like there's, I've got, certain bear photos that are just, you know, it's like, okay, I can go to my most favorite one or my most favorite elk picture or, you know, the best landscape photo. I I can do that. But to say there's one out of everything that really stands out, um, probably not, but one of each item that I've been taking. Yeah. Sure. Sure. So are, what would it cost? for a novice to um, get an entry-level camera to see if they want to chase a passion like this? I mean, do you, is it thousands of dollars? No. I mean, well, <laughs> it can be. You know. I mean, just for a beginner. Uh, you you know, can get decent kits. You know, you can go out and buy a crop sensor kit camera, and you can spend 1000 to $1,500 and get a couple lenses, get the camera body, uh, the th- the biggest things that people forget about is SD cards, how expensive they are. Um, I had to order a new one for this new camera because they now came out because this camera is so fast that you have to have these new super fast XC2 cards. So I ordered one today because the place I usually pick them up, they're out. You know, 256 bucks for one wow. SD card. Wow. So it's... You know, that's the thing people forget about is 
buying extra batteries, buying SD cards, buying, you know, camera covers, cases, things like that. The camera itself, yeah, I mean, $1,000, $1,500, you can get into something um, entry level to go. And then from there, what my suggestion is to always get a good lens. It's always the upgrade in the lens. The camera body is only as good as its lens. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, you start looking at high-end lenses, they're unlimited. You know, <laughs> Canon just came out with a their new highest end, which is like my ultimate dream lens. Sure. But if I ever bought that, my wife would either you'd <laughs> bury me or uh, <laughs> she would leave me because it's $28,000 for one camera lens. Holy cow. Okay. Incredible. Does that make those pictures any better if you don't know how to use that lens? No. But if you do, absolutely stunning. Yeah. You know, so I bet. um that's uh you know, it's um pretty easy to get into it, but once you do, one thing that I would look at is taking some online classes or even a lot of YouTube stuff, figure that camera out. Okay. Um, especially on manual, because if you keep running it on, you know, automatic, it's not going to work out. You're going to miss a lot of shots. Things are, you're going to get a lot of noise in them. You're going to get a lot of discoloration, different things. So make sure you know how to run that manual, but there's a lot of great crop sensor entry level cameras out there. Sure. Hey, let's wrap this up. How do people uh, find you on your social media? How can we direct them? To you for the photo end of things they can go to my website which is www.wildreflections with an s photo.com or on my social media it's the same thing wild reflections photo okay and uh instagram or uh facebook for that for any of my um photo work okay perfect and uh, we can hopefully follow you on this next bear hunt uh, when you get back i really want to see the pictures um, you do some fabulous work and i want to thank you for being on the podcast today and we're gonna have you back on here in a little bit uh, with another episode with uh, you and your wife uh, talking about uh, how you got into how both of you got into the outdoor business and, and and what you're doing in the outdoor business so thanks again for coming on the podcast with me today you bet thank you sir appreciate it thank you for listening to their story outdoors check us out on our social media accounts facebook their story outdoors instagram their story outdoors or on the web at www.scrapelinehunters.com. Then on the header, click on Their Story Outdoors. Hey, and if you could, give us a review on Apple Podcast. We'd like to get five stars from you and comment anything you want because we're interested to hear what you have to say. 